Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hello, my name's Trevor Cooper, and I play Len in this country, and you should be listening to the What the Actual Fuck podcast. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers? I'm here with the man who's next on the list to have a go on Martin Mucklow's Big Dipper. He's a man. He has no idea what pesto is, but he loves a falafel. The man who can't ride his bike at Burley Hill would not let you go through a co-op shop, uh, shop doorway before him. He's not that humble. It's Neil. Oh, uh, hello, Pav. Hello. I am quite humble. You are. I would normally talk to you, but we have very special guests okay, here, okay. and I'm not interested in you at all. No, I'll sit quietly and know my place. Indeed you should. Right, now, for, we've been doing this podcast, Lark, for five years, and we've had some very surreal moments. We have. Um, but looking over... <laughs> Is this quite, surreal? I can't this is beyond surreal. surreal. This is beyond surreal. Well, it's the fact I'm that... like Darley of surrealism <laughs> in your pod <laughs> dome. Well, your, your pod is quite surreal. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. That's very know, nice for a lady to say that. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't be looking down at this pod. Yeah. <laughs> Please welcome to the shed and to the WTAF podcast. Jackie and Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. It's very, very nice to have you here. Did you put all the cheers on? Like, we did, yes. Yeah. Like, like, Wembley Stadium, all cheering yeah, now. Kind of, all that kind of body smashing. Yeah. Indeed. So how are you guys? Oh, we're, we're very humble, obviously. Yeah. And even more humbled, uh, having <laughs> been in your shed. Squeezed. Squeezed. In... Thank goodness we greased ourselves. <laughs> Indeed. We just like to call it cosy. Yeah, we're glad that you pre greased yourself. Normally we have to grease the people. I nice didn't trust you. you. <laughs> I saw there was a glint in your eye. I'm not letting you anywhere near my wife. Greasy hands. Now the very first That's question <laughs> Okay, the very first question I want to ask. Uh when this country that first episode, the first couple of minutes did you know that was gonna happen? Were you watching that live or did somebody tell you about I'm it? Answer this. Right. Um one of our daughters, a younger daughter, um, texted me and said, oh, there's something on, about Daddy on BBC Three. And I kind of looked, and well, it wasn't actually at the time. I think I must have done it on iPlayer or something. And um, I was watching those first few moments, and it absolutely had me because, I, you know, Lawrence would quite likely 
open the door for someone who's going into the car. But when I then was thinking, what co-op? <laughs> and then when when um, when they said about him pushing his bike up the hill, I absolutely knew it wasn't true yeah. because he doesn't have a bike and certainly wouldn't be pushing it up a hill. I've got someone to push it for. And then honestly. I realised that it wasn't. But there was that split second when actually, because they're so believable as mm. characters, um, you know, I I completely. I was completely had by it. Yeah. I was completely lost because I was in Australia at the time. And, uh, uh, you know, several you days... You weren't then. You weren't in Australia then. Yes, I was. Then. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely you? was. It was the first uh, trip last year. Um, and so I was two days ahead of you all anyway. Right, um, right. And the first thing I knew about it was uh, Twitter and, you know, the so shh, uh, going crazy about it. And I was very confused because when people started talking about this country, I got it confused with the 1980s film Another Country okay. starring Rupert Everett, which was about gay sex in boarding schools <laughs> okay. in the 1930s. <laughs> so I really couldn't see what was going on at all. And it was only actually when the children then started, because, uh, of course, as far as the children are concerned, I've finally made it, you know, <laughs> to be on something on Radio 3. Yeah. Um, Radio 3. <laughs> shows how old I am. Doesn't that show how old I am? Yes. Shows how famous <laughs> Dude, exactly it, the BBC World uh, Service. Exactly. <laughs> Gosh, I'm on that. Um, and so, and uh, it was a very long trip uh, to Australia as well. So I, I didn't, I didn't see anything of it until I got back after about six or seven weeks and did catch up. Uh, by by which time, um, you'd actually buddied up with Daisy anyway, hadn't you? She well, yeah, stalked I, you in a pub. No, no, I I bumped into her in the pub and I just said, "Oh, hi, Daisy. I'm I'm Lawrence's wife," and we just sort of clicked from then on. And um, I think I just. I've always felt a bit, you know, like um, a maiden aunt um, who's sort of been there with fame and, you know, I feel a bit protective of mm. them because, you know, it's one thing setting yourself out and want to be famous. It's another thing having such a level of kind of almost notoriety land mm. like a big bird poo on your head, <laughs> you know, and in amongst all those other things in her life that are changing at the same time. Mm. And I think, you know, it, it can sometimes be like a tidal wave. And I remember when Changing Rooms first hit, and it was literally... They won't remember that, darling. It was literally oh, like... We do, um, we do. That was slow. You know, it was... Yeah, come on, boys. It was, it was like literally like like being lifted up and kind of taken along in a, in a tidal mm, wave. Mm. And it's quite unsettling, you know, and nobody really prepares you for that. And so I kept saying to Daisy, you know, this you're going to be really famous, but, you know, you're just going to have to be careful. You're going to have to, you know, mind your, your, own, um, your own interests in it. Because it's very easy when you're when you're starting mm. out and you have an original thing like that that you end up sort of almost not owning any part of it down mm. the line, mm. and you know because I mean you know other other comedies you know people sort of talk often about it being similar to The Office, similar to and about it being a format that, that could go abroad. Of course, you know those when they go abroad, they've got hundreds of writers. You know this is literally. Charlie and Daisy hmm. sitting in a room squabbling. Hmm. You know, well, they're the the American way. version at the moment. Apparently, they're using Roseanne Barr. Um, <laughs> you know, she's not doing that much, and uh, it was kind of a natural fit, really. Hello there. This is the Reverend Francis Seaton, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. <laughs> when did you first hear about the show? I think we started. We started watching it really early on, did we? Yeah, not? I can't. I was trying to remember before. Uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't one of those things where loads of people were talking about it mm. so i thought we must watch it it was sort of earlier than that i can't remember i think we found it by accident did we i mean we watched loads of I telly i just sort of stumbled across it on 
BBC Three or whether I saw a trailer. I can't actually remember. I don't remember either. But we definitely we, early adopters. We watched loads and loads of telly anyway. We are a telly family, and um, we we I think we found it by accident. But it was very early on. I certainly hadn't heard anybody talk no. about it yet. And then for the next few months, we were constantly telling people we knew to watch it. So when you first watched it, was there a part of you that thought that this was an actual documentary about people living in the Cotswolds or...? Oh, I think we knew. Oh, I think the context. Yeah, right. I think you from the audience. It wasn't something on it like just switching on and it being in the middle of an episode. Yeah. I think we knew what we were watching. Right, it, so. OK. I think we knew, it was a, we knew it was a sitcom. We didn't... I remember after episode one sort of Googling and finding out that Daisy and Charlie were brother and sister and finding out that, you know, Martin was there. Yeah, everyone was related. And, and yeah, and we didn't know that much, but we did know we were watching a comedy. That, that's the Cotswolds for you, everyone <laughs> being related. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, did you... Is it something you've gone back to and watched again then, the first series? Yes. So we've rewatched uh, series one in the run up to series two. And also we were sort of um, we were really missing it. We were really desperate for it to come back. So we never took it off the Sky Planner so that we could dip in and out whenever we wanted. I've watched um, the Big Mandy episode in series one loads of times. I've watched that one loads. And you like um, Oven Space. Oven Space. My, yeah. And it's my favourite. So we've watched those loads of times, but yeah, we've 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 given it a full run through in advance of series two. So as a comedy writer yourself, then Dan, how do you how do you view their style of writing and the mockumentary style that they've done? Uh, I think they use it really well. I mean, it's interesting because that mockumentary, the thing they're pastiching, is sort of almost it's pretty much gone. Um. The, the actual original form of what they're doing. Obviously, it dates back... I, I can remember watching The Office and thinking, even when The Office started, oh, this is a bit of an old idea. They're mm, mm. <laughs> astonishing um, fly-on-the-wall documentaries. Although people don't remember now, they think The Office kind of invented that parody. Actually, it had already been done a lot before even The Office was on. I think there were things like Operation Good Guys and things like that. I think mm. maybe... Data. I can't remember the chronology now. Lots of people have done sketches, spoofing that sort of thing. And so I can remember, it's a long time ago, even when The Office started, it felt quite, not tired, but it felt like quite a well-worn path. So obviously this is years later now. We've got a, a new show taking that same idea, taking that chassis of the, um, uh, of the, of the pastiche of that sort of uh, fly-on-the-wall thing. But the weird thing now is... The original isn't really around anymore because mm. documentaries now are all really constructed. They've, there's a totally new language and grammar on TV of those sort of the, things. There's not that purity to them anymore. No, they're all country, they're yeah. all really knowing. They're all really deliberate. You don't really get a pure, honest, naive documentary anymore. So it's quite it's interesting in a way that the thing that it's sort of pastiching is is actually doesn't really exist anymore. Mm. All right, I'm Big Mandy. You're listening to. What the actual fuck? What the actual fuck? Uh, it's this country superfan, Nat Saunders. Hello, Nat. Hello. Hi, guys. Thank How you for you? having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. No, thank you for coming on. It really oh, is. Well, uh, we, will, we, we will chat about uh, your work a little bit later on, but we'll sure. start with the first question. How did you discover this country? Okay, well, uh, cards on the table here. I, um, I'm friends with the producer, Simon Mayhew Archer. He's a very good friend of mine. And 
I, a few years ago, he gave me a bit part in a show that he was producing, Josh. And I, I played a, uh, a man dressed as a sweet corn who has, takes a dump in front of Jack D and uh, then has sex uh, with a woman at a party in uh, Josh Williams' bed. And it wasn't really like, I wasn't really playing to my type. It wasn't like the kind of part I would normally do. And, but I was very grateful that Simon gave me a part in, um, in his show. And then uh, about six months later, I'm scrolling through my uh, Instagram, and I can see that he's in Northleach. And I'm like, what the shit is Simon doing <laughs> where I grew up? Because what I probably haven't told you guys is that I'm a Siren Sester lad. So, oh, there you yeah. go. I'm, I'm Siren till you die. So, like, I grew up in a village called Woodman Cote, yep. like about six miles out of Siren on the way to Cheltenham. Uh, I went to Deer Park School in Siren. Boo. I went to Siren Sister Six Form. Oh, were you guys? <laughs> no, no, I, I was at Deer Park. I'm with you, Nat. I was oh, at okay, Deer Park. Boo. Okay, great. Oh, uh, dear. So, um, so, like, Siren is in my blood. Uh, I then lived in the village of Coates and. And my family, my, my folks and like a lot of family, they still live between Siren and Tetbury, so I go back pretty regularly. So, like, I was like, what the shit? You, you, you cast me in a show um, where I have to, you know, have sex dressed as a sweet corn, but you don't cast me in a show which is literally filmed on my doorstep. Right. And, uh, and I'm still kind of like, you know, um, I mean, I, I was with Simon at the weekend and I told him I was coming on your show. And, um, and I'm fully expecting him to listen to this and give me a part in Series 3. Because, come on. See, I, I, we'll fully support that decision absolutely. as well. Right. I don't know which is more worrying, the fact that he never cast you in something that was on your doorstep, or when he thought, right, I need somebody that can dress up as a sweet corn and have sex on screen, I'm going to call Nat, Nat, Nat's the guy for me. <laughs> Apparently, I don't want to get typecast as like a sweet corn <laughs> sex guy, but you know what, I did a pretty good job, man. Uh, everyone seemed pretty pleased. Don't forget, not just having sex, but also taking a dump. Um, so in front of Jack D. So it doesn't get any better you know, than that, does it? <laughs> that's real kind of career high. You really stuff. found your inner sweet corn. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi, I'm Slugs. You're listening to what the actual fuck. Now, I guess this week sprung to fame when she appeared alongside a group of Adele tribute acts, unaware that the lady herself would disguised on the programme Adele at the BBC. So let's say hello, as she's our one and only, and let's see if we can make her feel our love. It's Lisa Martin! Oh, hello, guys. How are you? I'm so excited. <laughs> I don't know if that's a bit sad, but I'm really excited. I was going to say, don't be excited. There's nothing to be excited about, apart from, of course, this country. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So oh, my God. We're gonna... I have to say, I agree with Nick. I love, I love double dinners, too. Do you? I'm a double dinner kind of girl. <laughs> You've got to, haven't you? It'd absolutely. be rude not to. So let's get right to the... Well, it the, would be rude not to. The crux of it. So when did you first um, find this country? Where, how did you come across it? Do you know what? <laughs> I was trying to remember, and it, do you know what? And, and it was my mum that reminded me. She went, I got you into this country. She's 80. Oh, right. <laughs> and she said to me, she said to me, ELA, ELA. There's this really funny, really, really funny programme on about the West Country, because my dad's from the West Country. He's from Salisbury. All right. Um, where I'm very, very, very much an Essex girl. Um, and um, she said, oh, it's really funny. But what really makes me laugh about the whole mum thing is that I know that she's watching a completely different programme. Right, OK. 
Well, so, just so, ain't so, getting what we're getting. Does she think yeah, it's a documentary? She, she, do you know what I mean? It's like, she'll just, I don't know, but she just, she won't be getting it like we will. Right. And But she does love it. And she said to me um, last week, she said, oh, the second one, when he slapped the cup, when he slapped the cup, she said. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Bless she, her. We all felt a bit sorry yeah, for it was Oh, God. I, it was one of those moments where you're like, I don't know if it's a laugh or cry, really. That's right. Bless him. Mm. Yeah. So going back to the first series oh. then, did you have a favourite episode, Lisa? I did. Episode two, absolutely. And and I think it was the... You know, this is really sad. I don't even really want to admit this, but Rob Robinson's situation, right? I was Curtin. I am that person. I remember everything and everyone like it was yesterday. And I remember I was singing at one of my gigs and... Um, and my husband sings with me. Uh, we're a duo as well as my Adele tribute. And um, there was a group of boys in, and I'd been on youth hosteling trips with them and everything. And um, I was like, oh, look, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so, right? And they didn't have a clue. They didn't have a clue, and I couldn't have been more, like, peed off about it. And that, <laughs> I was that person. I am I am Curtin at that point. So you're the sort of person so that I goes on a mission? Some... Yeah, like... Yeah, I'll write, don't you? Oh, come on, you must remember that. You must remember that. And it's like, no, I don't remember. And I was like, well, you're not there. But, yeah, that's been me. And then I'll bump into the, you know, Rob, and, and, and they haven't got a clue. Mm. Is that one of the things that you find is the beauty of this country is that it's really relatable because it's so real really world, relatable. if you like? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also, just, I'm jumping a little bit, but um, TK Maxx, mm. I mean... Just, just, the, just the. I had anxiety levels through the roof when Curtin wanted to go to TK Maxx, and she's in the hospital. I just I feel it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one. Yeah. No, I can never get my size in TK Maxx. <laughs> That's my problem. Oi, Martin McClue, what the actual fuck? It's only Ross Carpenter. Yeah, hello. <laughs> now, that's when we should have had some, like, sound effects of... Friends music. Ding, yeah, Stop. And uh, <laughs> we should also give a, a shout-out to Amy Denise Bartlett Singleton. With all the names. Indeed. Yeah. Now, She's asked me that on the way here. Can I shout her out? So. Absolutely, we should. And I have to ask, because I wanted to ask her if she was going to be here, is that how she goes by in her daily life? I don't, with honestly, all of those names? I don't think so. I mean, I imagine some of those are surnames. I have... Not really that much knowledge of that. Right, okay. I can't even remember her Amy first name, surname when I first met her, actually. Oh, right. A while back. And, uh... Amy Denise Bartlett Singleton. Yes, but we've said we will always refer to her yeah. now as Amy Denise exactly. Bartlett Singleton. There you go, Amy. That's a decent shout-out, I think. Right then, sir. <laughs> Apart from friends. Mm. Uh, yeah, welcome uh, to the shed. Welcome to the shed. Thank you. Uh, welcome to the wonderful world of WTAF. Now, we normally ask straight away is how you got into... This country. Mm-hmm. That sounds like you're an immigrant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you get into this country? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The it's complex your legal case. <laughs> no, well, you know what I mean. I married you... a Russian lady uh, to get go. the paperwork. Thank you very much. Yeah. I can see your papers. Uh, no, um, so the show. How did How? you um, find out about it? I think like a lot of people, I saw the adverts for BBC Three, um, which I don't know if they give away that there's a complete box set to watch or if it's, that it's a current show that you can see because here's a clip to entice you. But it was the one with, um, you know, jabbing the fingers at the screen, Mel C, Mel C. Right. So my wife and I saw that clip. Um, I think then I looked it up on iPlayer. 
and um, we watched it together. My wife thought she would like it and ended up not liking it, but that's that's fine. I like to watch TV alone mostly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and that was the start of it, really. I think I don't know. If, I can't remember if there was a full lot of episodes or not at that time of that series, first series, um, or if it was partway through or not. I've been racking my brains for that, but I can't remember. Right. So you sort of watched mm. a lot of them in sort of one sequence yeah. Yeah. oh sorry yes yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah certainly until season two then it was one yeah. you know i was trying to get up at seven in the morning to watch the episode before anyone else did i think it was midway through that that i set up the dump gang but up until that point i was just trying to cram in the episode yeah, before yeah. work just so i was first so it was yeah so are, are, again, are you obviously you're quite au fait with social media and stuff what made you choose facebook to do something rather than like doing a twitter Okay. Um, I'm in a lot of comedy groups, so um, I'm in a, an elite fa- uh, Alan Partridge one, I'm in a League of Gentlemen one, Inside Number 9, and I was on the Inside Number 9 one, and I had, um, there was a comment thread about what your background is on your phone, and I had Daisy and um, Charlie as my background, as in character, not just a weird yeah. photo, <laughs> photo <laughs> lens photo, yeah. and um and I posted that, and someone commented, "Oh, I love this con- this country." So, <laughs> careful, convers- <laughs> yeah, don't ever, yeah. be careful where you stop that. <laughs> yeah. I've done that before in a hotel yeah. when announcing yeah. a, a Christmas prize. If you've got a stutter, it's a it's a show you shouldn't mm. talk about, isn't it? Really, <laughs> I love this con- this con- this this country. Hi, this is Jimmy Walker. I play Dan Greaves, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck, a This Country podcast. It's Mr. Tom White. Hey. Now, I found out on Twitter, because uh, you very kindly followed us on Twitter, that you're a fan of this country. How did you, how did it come on your radar? Yeah, well, I was actually quite late to it, quite embarrassingly for me. It was quite late. I saw an advert on Facebook just for about, about like a 20-second clip from Kerry's birthday, which I think was episode five of the second series. Well was quite late. That's good knowledge. And, and I saw that and I thought, that looks hilarious. When she's sitting at the screen waiting for the Nighthawkers, mm-hmm. and, uh, and she uh, and Grumps comes up as the first one, and I just cracked up laughing. And I thought, how have I never heard of this? And I thought it must be new. And I thought, right, so I'll, I'll go and find it on on the um, on the kind of uh, the iPlayer, and I realised that it was quite far into into the second series. So I just started from the start, and within two days, I, I was I was up to date. Right, so, so you've been you binge the whole lot. Yeah, it was well. You, you can't not because it's they're just so funny that you get through one and you're kind of wanting more. And they're obviously they're only half an hour each. Like if if you're doing and, and six in a series, if you're going through a box set like Game of Thrones, etc., you you're watching for an hour and there's a lot to take in. Mm. You can't, you know, you, you you've got to really focus. And then there's about 12 in a series, and it can actually be quite it's brilliant, but it's hard work. Whereas this is just bang, 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 and you, but you're just desperate for more, which mm-hmm. you're going to get. Indeed. It is. It's, it's almost what you call an easy watch, isn't it? It's hilarious, but it's, it's something that you can just put on at any time and not have to put your brain into gear and just laugh along with it. Mm. Because yeah, it, it was off the iPlayer for a while, I think BBC do that quite a lot. But it's it, it's back on now, and I've you know been been back through it again. Just it's brilliant, pure comedy. So, Tom, favourite series then one or two? Two, yeah, def- definitely. It's um, the first series is brilliant, but the second series actually takes it takes it on and, and makes it better, which is actually quite rare because 
normally my favourite in most series is, is uh, of comedies is is the first one. Mm. But with this one, I actually think it gets better, and, and hopefully that will continue. Right, and is there a particular uh, episode in series two that you find is your favourite? Yes, it is um, the threatening letters. Right, and yeah. <laughs> it's a fairly obvious reason, really. It's just that everyone's in it. You've got obviously Kerry and Kerry and Kurt in the, that are in them all. Uh, Martin Mucklow plays a plays a prominent part. There's a new character in there as well, in uh, who's sending the threatening letters. It's revealed at the end, but Kerry's mum is in it. And Big Mandy plays a prominent role as well. And I think that's that's the one episode where you've got them all. Slugs has a very, more of a cameo appearance in that, which is, <laughs> it, honestly, for him, it's a very, very, very sad part of it. But to the viewers, it's, in a, in a cringeworthy way, very funny as well. So it's just, all of them, all of the kind of more, not fringe characters, but but the, the characters away from Kerry and Curtin all play a more prominent role in that one. And, and they're all so funny that I think that makes it the best episode. Yeah, I think I agree, actually. I, I do as well. I mean, we've said so many times that there is Laurel and Hardy-esque humour in that with the, the, the wheelbarrow going into the skip and the, yeah. the, the smashing of the drink. I mean, the smashing of the drink, I think, probably is my favourite moment from <laughs> from any episode of this country. It's just... Go and hit the drink out of that girl's hand. <laughs> 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 Talking of all the characters, then Tom, do you have a favourite character apart from uh, yeah. Carrie or Curtin? Yeah, I, I do actually, and I, I, I kind of anticipated this question. I was thinking about it last night, and, and it actually took to, <laughs> took me a, a, quite a while to, to come to an, an, an answer actually, because obviously you've got Kerry and Curtin. And first, I was thinking, well, how can I split between Kerry and Curtin? And I thought, well, hold on, I love Martin Mucklow; he's absolutely brilliant, and everything that Kerry's mum. Everything that comes out of her mouth is crack up laughing, <laughs> and especially spooning out of the knickers. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I had to rewind that again, and especially when Kerry's like, "I don't, I don't know what she's talking about." <laughs> Hello, this is Kerry, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Pippa Duffy. Hello. 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 <laughs> Having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. The one thing we've been I've been doing on Twitter is scouring to find any famous people that have been like <laughs> loving the show. Oh, and you ended up with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, listen, no, listen, both myself and Neil are massive Alan Partridge fans. Huge. Oh, well, me too. So me when too. when you came out and said, "Oh yeah, I'd love to be on the show," I thought, "Oh my god!" I was like um, Annie Potts in Ghostbusters. I went boom, we got one. <laughs> 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 Rang a big massive bell. So thank you very much for doing this for us. Oh, you're welcome. So, um, I nearly said Zoe then. I, you... I must admit, oh, I will say. Dear. If we slip into that, I'm sorry. I have got your name written in big letters on the top of my bit of paper because I'm worried that all I'm going to do is go, so Zoe, because that's what I'm going to yeah. do. I know I'm going to do and it. And I nearly did. So, Pippa... and Hang on, I've got one more thing go to on say. Um, I'm just trying to find a way of putting in your introduction a mention of fish fingers, beans and chips because I saw your picture on, on Twitter or Instagram, whichever oh, it was. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, my mum fail. I'm a shit cook, and um, my husband is the cook of the family. He's really, really good. But I thought, you know, it's Mother's Day. I'll try and be a mother for a little bit, give them a little, little bit of TLC. And instead they ended up with burnt things that, that really anyone can make but, but me. Um, so, yeah. But nonetheless, everyone does all this outpouring, don't they, on, on social media. Indeed. The Absolutely. Best of the world. And I just hope that my children really subscribe to that. Good. Did they eat it? 
not really. <laughs> I was going to say because if they did, it's good roughage, isn't it? It is. Yeah. You know, it's all it's all part of the building experience of life. I suppose. I'm just teaching them that life can be really shit sometimes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm doing for them. That was a good lesson. That was a good lesson. <laughs> so, people, what I was going to ask is, what was? how did you get yourself introduced to um, this country? Where did well, you join? At the moment, I'm, I'm living in Spain. I'm doing some work at a drama school out in Spain, um, which is very nice. We've got a few months out here with the family. We thought, yes, we'll have that. And so we're reliant on uh, the iPlayer. So we were just kind of flicking through new stuff. And then we came across this country and my husband went, oh, one of my friends has been watching that, says it's brilliant. So we did a bit of a binge of season one. And I was like, this is the best new kind of mockumentary style comedy that I've seen, I I think, since The Office, Mm. really. Obviously, Partridge aside, because Partridge is Partridge. Mm. Um, I just, I thought it was brilliant. A breath of fresh air. Um, I just, I think they're genius, and it's so well observed. I went to uni in Bristol and did drama back there, and there is a certain kind of dry West Country thing that, like, obviously you guys know about. Mm. Um, and they just nail it. I think it's awesome. I was going to say that's one thing that we've said is we think it's that obviously the office sort of set the benchmark for that kind of yeah of and mockument. people have been imitating ever since. All yeah. of us in terms of our so, performance as well. You know. Yeah. Were you a fan of the office as well? Were you? Oh, completely. And that's my, like Partridge, The Office. That's kind of what I grew up late teens into becoming an actor, sort of that period. That's very much my generation of like, that's how I want to be. That's the stuff I want to be in. Um, like lots of impro at drama school where we all basically did shit office impressions <laughs> and Partridge quotes and, you know, um, happy times, I must say. Uh, so, yeah, so it's the first thing kind of since that time that's made me go, yeah, you you've got that genre and you've taken it somewhere else as well. It's weird how it's all a big circle because when we had Charlie and Daisy in here, Charlie said that one of the big influences was Alan Partridge. Yeah. That was, yeah, so mm. you can you can sort of see it in their writing, can't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really can. It's those lingering shots as well, past where the scene has happened, past where the dramatic moments, just the lingering shot on the kind of bleak despair of it all. Mm. That I th- It's just so... G- and both of them have excellent dry... And, and the rest of the cast as well. Just dry responses to stuff with a little tiny eyebrow or a look to side or something. You're like That just says it all. Mm. does more than a script could do. Do you actually have a favourite character? Do you know what I was thinking about this? It swaps each episode. But I do... I think probably Kerry. I think she's there's just like quiet genius going on there. <laughs> her face, just the stuff she can do with her face. It's it's amazing. It's so expressive, and also the the fact that she's got so much pathos as well. And that, you know, all of these great shows like that, you have that pathos in a couple of the characters, including Partridge in, mm. in Partridge himself, and in Lynn. Obviously, you have to have your scapegoat character, and I think she manages to roll that into also being like one of the protagonists as well, I think it's, re- it's really cleverly structured. Absolutely. So episode-wise then, and series one, is, which one stood out the most for you? Do you have a favourite? Oh, my favourite. I, l- <laughs> I still think I like the first one. The one with the guys, the, with, <laughs> where they all make the scarecrow, the scarecrow oh, yeah. at the fate, and he just gets really ticked off with it all. It like, And that was the episode that drew us in as well. Just the fact that they take something so mundane and shit so seriously. And that's where its genius lies, isn't it? Is that like they take these terrible storylines, if you read them on paper, 
and they make it so important mm. and, and they make, it make a point for the characters. So I think that's probably still my favourite one in the first series. I think it's the fact that they, I, I was going to say, they live such a secular life that, that, yeah. that there's, there's like, they've got a wall around where they live mm. and there is nothing else outside that wall. So something really? like a yearly scarecrow <laughs> festival. <laughs> or a duck race. Or a duck race is the, the yeah. thing they need to c- concentrate on. It's brilliant. I've got a new favourite quote that I have to say that the the third episode making your fingers right on my yes. <laughs> <laughs> did deli- What is so brilliant about her? She didn't deliver it like it was a funny. She just says it like it's a true thing that she's saying, and that's why it's so funny. Yeah, we need- she's not playing it the comedy. Uh, you know? I, I want to speak to Daisy because I wondered whether or not. Everybody just, that was like a throwaway line, and everybody cracked up after that because the cut after that is like almost straight away. So it's How almost. Great face. Absolutely. I, I... Hi, this is Sue. You're listening to What the Actual Fuck? Please welcome to WTAF Nicola Bryant and Nev Fountain. Hey! hey! This is where we put on the applause uh, sound effect there. <laughs> Uh, so when it came to series two, then was there any particular episode in series two that uh, that stood out for you? Because, like you say, there's a lot of bittersweet moments in series two, a lot more than series one, I think. I think so. I think really the when suddenly um, we found out that Curtin considered he was a bit of a fashion guru. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, he had to, despite going to TK Maxx for yes. a month. That's basically, yeah, that's like, like going down to Man at CNA in the high street. Or, uh, what was it, Topshop? Topshop. Yeah. Kind of, uh, you know, small village trying to be trendy kind of stuff. I mean, I remember when in the early 80s, a small village, everyone was into the kids from fame and everyone wore leg warmers. They'd never been anywhere near a dance studio ever, but they all wore leg warmers. And it was that kind of, it's the same with Mandy and, uh, and uh, Mia Cats. It's that kind of culture. Mm small village mashed together it's it, 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 it touches me but yeah I do like I do like the TK Maxx <laughs> and the fact that that just was you know it, yeah, like, that's TK it Max. TK Maxx come on Vicar um, and and the whole the fact that we did know there was going to be nothing wrong with the leg <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we did kind of know that oh, yeah. I think for the, wasn't the first series the one with the scarecrow yeah, yeah, that was the very first episode, The Scarecrow. That was brilliant because when I do have that small village. You know, my mum ran the jam store for 30 years, you know, um, that small village fate thing. Um, so, uh, you know, the whole village fate competition, we have we have a village hall where people compete with their, their marrows and their cucumbers and their, their spring daffodil bulbs and, and all of that, you know. <laughs> It's that kind of, it's the, the, yeah, the the tradition and the modern mashed together. It's the chaos of of kids with nothing much to do. We used to go down and just hang around the phone box because that was about it for a village. And we had the bonfire every year, the village bonfire. And when that stopped, my dad took it over. So we had the bonfire in the back garden. Mm. And everyone in the, all the kids in the village just brought their fireworks up and just set them off. And it was like, (laughs) Like the song, and it's it reminding me of the scarecrow competition because it's kind of like tradition, but it's not. It's kind of like curtain just going apeshit doing a, doing this traditional thing. It's it's that always that kind of nudging against the frustration of being a young kid, and all this stuff that, that he has to deal with over you know decades past stuff. You know, 
Oh, I love the fact that he's essentially an optimist because everything he talks about, he goes, you know, oh, it's really great this this thing we do with the scarecrows, and and it's really great that we have this, you know, this uh, cricket match. It's really great that we have this tradition, this, and and somewhere you think, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's very kind of yeah, yeah. He really tries to be chipper all the time. I think that's why he's so good for his well, well, The thing with them is that it's their goals that are so small, but. You know, to them, making it is working at Halfords in stride and having a having a flat. That yeah. to them is the bright lights, and that's why. And it's also it feels we've said before that it feels timeless. Apart from having mobile mm. phones, it could be set in the seventies, could be set in the eighties. You know, make, <laughs> making a den at a dump is something that that well, all we kids, all did, all yeah. kids did. <laughs> Playground and uh, you know, just uh, yeah, going up the, the playing fields and just. Making, uh, when we used to make forts out of hay bales, you know, just really piss the farmers off. And just, <laughs> and, and, and that's, yeah, that's your life, you know, you're just running around the river, yeah. you know, fishing, you know, chasing sheep. It's that, <laughs> not much to we do. We never did any sheep chasing, but we went fishing, never caught anything. And then we just kind of, you know, gorge on, on the, the wild berries that you could mm. find covered in stains and then go oh sorry yeah. <laughs> covered in, in muck and you had the freedom though that I think that's the only thing that I would say feels slightly different in that I was I had the freedom of a village as a young kid to just head off for the day and then come back on my bike mm. and so long as I was back for tea that that was it and I don't think kids that young would have that freedom I mean they're older um you know uh, Daisy and Curtin but Young kids wouldn't have, won't have that same freedom now. We're, no, it's we're nice they worried, walk but... off. They just walk off to to see the banner, see Kerry's happy birthday banner. It's, I, that was kind of very much like just walking off with kids out through fields and through woods to just go somewhere. Mm. You know, my was in the next village, and I always walked there to see him. And you just walk along with the tracks and things like that, and you just walk and walk and walk. That's what you do. Mm. Or you bike, mm. but you walk. Hello there, I'm Paul Shahidi, also known as the Reverend Francis Seaton in this country, and you're listening to WTAF. It's Edith <laughs> Bowman! <laughs> Hi, Jess! Hello, Hello, how are you? The, uh, the whole of this country, uh, when did you find out about the show? Uh, through word of mouth, really, and, and kind of people just going, you're going to love this. And also because my husband is uh, from uh, Stroud. Well, he grew up in Stroud. Right. Oh, okay. Um, and so we spend a lot of time out there um, and see quite a lot of that world uh, and those people from, you know, from kind of being out there. And I think that's when comedy is at its best, when it taps into real life and it taps into real people and real, the you know, the ridiculousness of people's reactions to things and relationships and family and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, there was a lot of kind of... Um, kind of thumbs up from people and lots of reasons why I should watch it and so I did and I just thought this is genius. Was that from the first series? Well I didn't watch it as it was happening so it was kind of one of those things I think it was maybe a couple of episodes in the second series that were that was kind of that that had been talked about and I was like I've got to go back and, and kind of catch up sort of thing so it was one of those things which I've done recently as well with a completely different type of TV thing but with Handmaid's Tale of kind of kind of binging it, you know, to kind of get up to current speed because it's that thing as as much as you try and avoid 
storylines and funny lines and all that kind of stuff. And even with comedy as well, you know, it's not there's not so much of a, a kind of like dramatic exploration or, or revelation sort of thing. But I think that um, but you want to do that thing where you don't feel like you're not missing out. You've got to be there and watching it as people are watching it sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it was probably kind of as the second series was was kind of being made available. And, and are you a fan of the sort of mockumentary style? Yeah. I mean, all that kind of stuff, whether it be in TV or in films like Four Lions, uh, which I, I just think is one of the funniest films of the last kind of, well, for, in my lifetime, I think. I just think it's... It's genius. It mm. really the performances are are just pristine, and the comedy. And you know, sometimes it is that thing where the most difficult subjects to talk about, or the kind of the risky subjects to talk about, are probably most well handled with comedy, and are best handled with comedy, and and have the better reaction. And I think that's a really good example of it. Do Do you miss the fact that there there isn't appointment TV anymore? with the fact that everybody used to crowd around a TV at like 8 o'clock on a Thursday or 7 o'clock on a Thursday to watch Top of the Pops or something like that. Yeah, I, I do, it's actually. different and, now. And, yeah, and that's kind of been highlighted, I think, with the World Cup being on, weirdly, you know, in terms of that thing of, like, what was it, 18 million people tuned in to watch the England game sort mm. of thing. It wasn't, like, exciting. No. But uh, <laughs> being a bitter Scot who hasn't qualified for a champion, you know, any kind of competition in the last 80 years or something. But, um, but yeah, I think there is that kind of, that thing and sport seems to be really the only thing or royal weddings seem to mm. kind of do that um i think even like stuff like eastenders and soaps and stuff don't really have that pool anymore you know in terms of of tuning in so yeah i kind of missed that and i i don't know i like that i like that thing of kind of when i had a normal job where you'd kind of go into an office of a day you know and, and even when i was at places like mtv and radio one and stuff you'd kind of you know, you had a place that you would go Monday to Friday to do a job regularly, and so you'd you'd go in and you'd all talk about that thing that you watched last night, or did you see this, to see that sort of thing. And now that's kind of just sort of uh, kind of saturated, I think, on social media in terms of so many things are being talked about by so many people. So you kind of can't really have, apart from actually, you know, things like this, where you can have proper conversations about things and series and episodes and characters that you really connect with and make you laugh or you really like. Hi, I'm Abra Thompson and I play Sophie in this country and you are listening to the What The Actual Fuck This Country podcast. It's Lee Craig! Yay! Hey, welcome to the shed. So Lee, come on, we need to yes, talk this country. When did you to. discover this country? Tell us all about it how, on your oh, voyage. Well, of it. I was just doing the general things around the house and my little routine, coming home, not really doing anything. And my friend Belinda, who I hope will actually listen to this, said, oh Lee, have you heard or have you seen this? And then she kind of, I think it was like the Facebook test clips or something right, that they, yeah. they thought they would do and see what reaction. And then three million hits later, they thought, oh, yeah, that's good. So it was those ones I started looking at. And then it was like the series started appearing and I, I started watching that. And, um, and I kind of got hooked. Mm. It was very, very my sense of humour. And... Um, it's, and then you start binge-watching it. Mm. I started watching it over and over again because you get these little euphoria moments in your head because you get 
what the jokes are about. So, yeah, it's that's that's literally where it started. My friend told me about it, and then BBC iPlayer is very useful at the minute, and uh, I know it's on iTunes, so I will be downloading it. Um, I think it's due yeah. to come off iPlayer quite soon, isn't it? I is think. it? Well, they keep I, on saying that, and then like it, another, it goes on for another yeah, month, six months or something. It's obviously true. the amount of people that are down, you know, streaming it and watching it. Yeah, but our American friends are now able to watch oh, it because it's on Hulu. Friends. It's on yeah. Hulu yeah. now in America. Ladies and gentlemen, live at the Royal Albert Hall, <laughs> it's Lee. Professor was like the most important day of the year. Daft cow? This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.